We're really glad you could come out this evening because um, I think it's going to be um, a really special treat for all of you. We're, um, we're really pleased to welcome Jesse Billauer from um, California. He's been traveling around this part of the country um, inspiring and telling his story and uh, he's going to be doing that for you tonight. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about Jesse because he's going to tell you his story and then there'll be time for you to ask, um, ask him questions. This is a very interactive evening. Um, but we're going to start out this evening with um, a brief um, video, so enjoy. So uh, first of all, I just want to say thanks for allowing me to be here. And what you guys saw was a clip of the documentary movie on my life called Jesse's Story. It's a feature-length documentary that just came out. Um, you know, now that a lot of people know how I got injured through my surfing accident, the most frequent question I hear is, you know, how do I keep such a positive attitude and outlook on life? And that's just something I'd like to share with you. So if you can do me a favor and just close your eyes for a moment. I just want you to, you know, visualize and just see your dreams. You know, think about where you see yourselves maybe in a couple years from now. Think about where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, and whether or not all the dreams that you're thinking about right now are actually coming true. So you can open up your eyes. I just want you to store those thoughts in the back of your mind for a little while. You know, before my injury when I was young, I mean, I'm still young, but when I was younger, I started surfing when I was nine years old and I got sponsored when I was 12. And I traveled around the world all the way up till I was 17, you know, surfing places like Tahiti, Indonesia, Hawaii, Costa Rica, Mexico. And just being able to go to these different places was just a really beautiful experience and all the things that I've learned and all the different cultures and and I saw a lot of people you know living in different lifestyles and poverty and you know just made me appreciate what I had and I remember you know I was 17 years old when I got injured it was just a month after my 17th birthday and a month before turning professional as a surfer I was one of the top surfers in the country and unfortunately you know one morning I went surfing and, and I fell and I hit my head on the sandbar and ended up breaking my neck and became a quadriplegic. And I knew at that moment, you know, my life was going to be totally different, but I didn't know what it was going to, what I was going to do or what I'd become. And I finished high school with my friends and, you know, realized that I wanted to go to college and figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. So when I was uh, shortly after my injury, you know, I realized I wanted to follow my dreams, you know, and start a foundation. And, you know, in life sometimes you give up on things, you know, and you're like, oh, you know what? That's way too hard. That's impossible. You know, I can't do that. And sometimes you say those things before you even try. You know, you give up on things before you even try. You know, whether that's in school or at a job or at, in a relationship. 
sometimes you just give up. Well, after my accident, I was staying in my uncle's house, and I was laying in his guest bedroom, and it was just me and my friend at the house at the time, and I told my friend to walk outside and to get something from the car. So when he walked outside, he ended up closing the door to the house, and it ended up locking the house, so I was stuck by myself, and I didn't really know what I was going to do to to get him in to help me. And about five or six feet away from my bed, there was a sliding glass door. And, you know, instead of locking the door, you could put that piece of wood in the track. It's kind of like the getaway of locking things, you know, put that piece of wood in the track and can't slide the door open. So I looked over and I'm like, you know, I don't have any special genie powers. You know, I don't walk. So I don't know how I'm going to get that piece of wood. I always told myself I never want to fall out of my wheelchair and get hurt or fall out of bed and get hurt. So I looked around and I grabbed these pillows and these blankets and I ended up throwing them on the floor. And So what I did was I just counted to three and I rolled off my bed, landed on these pillows and blankets and started crawling over like Commando G.I. Jesse, right? I was moving super slow like a turtle, but eventually, you know, I reached out and I picked up the piece of wood, you know, my friend opened up the door and He picked me up off the ground, and when he put me back into bed, when I lay there, I realized that as long as you follow your heart and your mind, you know, all the things that you thought were impossible, you might actually be able to accomplish. You know, as long as you try, you could feel good about yourselves for trying. Even if you don't accomplish it, as long as you gave it your best, then you could feel good about yourself and and know that you tried and you gave it your all, and nobody... Nobody could say anything bad about that. You know, um, some of us don't realize, you know, how lucky we are to be able to have our health, an education, a family, friends, food, clothes, money. I've traveled a lot of places, you know, and there's a lot of people that don't have those things. I was actually in San Diego at this Challenge Athletes Foundation where there was young kids and adults that were running, swimming, you know, riding bikes. But the difference between them and the majority of us was they didn't have arms, some didn't have any legs, some didn't have any arms or legs. And there was this one little girl, she was like 15 years old, and she didn't have any legs. So the foundation, they bought her this bike, you know, so that she could pedal with her arms. At first, when she was learning how to ride the bike, she was kind of riding into people. She didn't really know what she was doing. And But a few moments later, she... um learn how to ride the bike and she was weaving in and out of people and I saw this smile on her face you know and it made me realize that you know it's not about how you look on the outside but it's about how you feel on the inside that really shapes who you are and until you're confident and satisfied with yourself you know nobody else can be confident and satisfied with you you have to make sure that you're happy you know before you can make other people happy so sometimes you know slow down and Spend a little bit of time by yourself and think about like, you know, what are my goals? You know, what do I, what's my dreams? What's my passion? You know, what do I love to do in life? You know, once you figure out what you love, life will have that much more meaning. It'll be that much more beautiful and you'll have a full direction of what you want. Even if something were to happen to you, you could still accomplish the things that you wanted to do. Yeah, maybe you need a little bit more help or, you know, takes a little bit longer to 
to accomplish, but there's so much opportunity out there, no matter what happens to you. You know, a lot of hurdles you're going to have to jump over, a lot of doors are going to close, but, you know, with a lot of determination and hard work, everything that you want out of life, you could probably get. You know, when it comes to dreams, don't follow your friends' dreams or, you know, your teachers' dreams or your parents' dreams or anyone else's dream but yours, you know, because your dreams are what's going to make you happy. Your dreams are what's going to make you enjoy your life and your future. And so you got to figure out what's best for you. And once you figure that out, everything else will fall into place and and you'll be able to really enjoy life, you know, I mean, whether it's in your hometown or traveling or meeting new people, it's good to be able to just open up and see different cultures and the way other people live. You know, a lot of us always complain and want more out of life, you know, and but you have to really be thankful for where you're at. And if you want more, you just got to work hard because there's people out there that are, you know, more, you know, better off and well off than you. But there's also a lot of people that are worse off than you. And you'll be really thankful, you know, when you realize that there is both sides. And, you know, tomorrow is never guaranteed. You know, you really got to really enjoy today and be thankful for today because everybody thinks that bad things happen to bad people, but bad things happen to good people. And you never really know when or who it, who it might hit next. You know, when I was young, I never thought about being disabled or not being able to walk or not being able to feel. I was really, you know, I was a star athlete and I didn't even think that could be taken away. I didn't even, I walking and feeling, I was like, never even thought that was an option of ever going away. And, you know, when I got injured, I realized that life is super precious. And, and at the same time, even with my, you know, disability, I could still do the things that I love. And, and I feel like life is about making the right choices, you know. Each decision that you make can change your whole life, friends' lives, families' lives, whether that's walking across the street at the wrong time, getting into a car with someone who's drinking, not wearing the right protective equipment in different sports. You know, all those decisions can change your life forever. And it's a really long life, you know. And I know a lot of people say it's a short life, but Life is long, you know, and you want to enjoy it and be healthy and, and be able to do a lot of things. So just sometimes slow down before you make, you know, decisions that could possibly change your whole life. So after my injury, you know, I had a choice. Was I going to just stay home, feel sorry for myself, not accomplish my dreams and do nothing? Or was I going to go down the positive road and still follow my dreams and still enjoy life? And, and that's what I did. So few years after my accident, I started Life Rolls On, which is a nonprofit foundation that helped raise money and awareness for spinal cord injury research. And then over time, I realized after I, w I got to surf again, I realized to be able to give back. And now we have these programs that are really amazing where we take people with disabilities surfing, skateboarding, skiing. It's called They Will Ski Again, They Will Skate Again, They Will surf again and just to be able to do that is an amazing experience because surfing for me allows me to feel that freedom and independence that I lost and just being out there just takes away 
from everything on land and just lets me feel free, you know? So I wanted to get back. And now we take 40 or 50 people with disabilities and have two or 300 volunteers at each one of our events. And this year we did it at seven different states. We did Hawaii, California, uh, Texas, Florida, New Jersey, North Carolina, Virginia. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. So anytime you guys get a chance to volunteer for, you know, uh, charities or less fortunate people, it's a really good opportunity, you know, because you can change their lives and at the same time enrich your life and really be thankful. You know, sometimes we get stuck in a situation where, you know, we think life is bad or terrible or there's nothing there for us. But, you know, everyone in here has a friend, has a family member that, will always be there for you, you know? And don't be afraid to ask for help because everybody's gonna need help in life one day or another. We're all just temporarily able-bodied, you know? And one day we're all gonna be disabled, whether it's through old age, disease, or injury. And then that's the day that you're gonna be asking for help. So, you know, why not help each other out now and treat others the way you wanna be treated? I mean, what you put out into the world is, is what you get back. So, you know, you hang around negative people, and negative things are gonna follow. Even if you don't really do anything negative, it's just that energy around you, it's gonna come back. So try to hang around positive people and do positive things and you know, in due time, a lot of positiveness will come out and, and hopefully it will uh, make you a better person and hopefully it can change your life and those around you because I'm only as good as the people I surround myself with. So you know, my heroes are the people that take me surfing or my caregiver or my family and friends. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I do without them, so. You know, um, after my injury, I had a lot of time to think, and I was like, man, what do I wanna do? What, do I, what kind of dreams do I wanna accomplish? You know, what am I able to do? You know, so I became the first person in a wheelchair to get towed in with a jet ski and surf some of the most dangerous waves in the world in Fiji in cloud break and I uh, went skydiving. I took a boat 22 hours off the coast of San Diego and went cage diving with 12 to 15 foot great white sharks. I, uh, I got sponsored by Honda and uh, I told them that personally I wasn't like a minivan kind of guy, man. I would like to drive around in style with a smooth profile so I told them that I needed a, a Honda Element all blacked out alligator leather, 20-inch rims, sound system, and uh, that's what they gave me, man. So now I'm rolling in style and just really thankful because that gives me a lot of independence and freedom. And, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the traffic, and but sometimes you got to realize, like, maybe that's a time for me to think. Maybe it's a time for me to reflect or listen to a really good song that can inspire me. And so instead of complaining, maybe you can turn it into a positive and Maybe it's a little extra time. A lot of people don't really stop in their lives to think about it, you know? They just, they're all go, go, go. And sometimes you should, not when you're driving, but close your eyes <laughs> and just think about life, you know, and think about the things that you want to accomplish. You know, I'm just one person telling a story. Don't let anybody tell you that one person can't make a difference because that one person could be you. Everyone in this room is a hero to somebody and you got to, Make sure you play that role and, you know, try to keep a positive attitude because 
when you think nobody's looking that there is somebody looking and just make sure that you know you follow your heart and there's so much opportunity out there for everybody and i'm really lucky that my friends who i used to surf with before my injury you know they help me surf now and i remember when they pushed me into a wave i rode it all the way to the inside and when i fell off i was floating there and i was looking up at the sky and I realized that all my dreams, you know, weren't flashing in front of my eyes anymore. I was living my dreams and I felt really lucky. And, you know, I always wanted to be in a big professional surfing event. And for the past 10 years, I've surfed at the US Open of Surfing in Huntington Beach in front of 100,000 people. I wanted to be in a big feature film movie. And I was in a movie called Step Into Liquid. And this documentary I have on my life that came out called Jesse's Story. I graduated from San Diego State University with a communication degree. And then uh, it's only a matter of time, you know, until I find the wife and have the little Jessies running around. They won't be called little Jessies, but um, you understand what I mean. But uh, if you can do me a favor and just close your eyes like you did in the beginning. I just want you to know that, you know, no matter, no matter what happens to you in life, that as long as you follow your heart and your mind, all the dreams that you thought about can and will still come true no matter what. You know, just be thankful for what you have and let your friends and your family know how much they mean to you, you know, before it's too late. And and just uh, try to, you know, do what you like, do what you love, and everything else will come into place. So you can open up your eyes. You know, I just want to say thanks for allowing me to be here, but um, since we're best friends now, you guys can ask me whatever questions you guys want. Um, you know, I love traveling and I love talking to new people. I love hearing different people's stories. And, um, you know, it's not easy to be in a wheelchair. It's not easy to be disabled, but I always tell people to have something to look forward to, you know, whether it's tomorrow, the weather's going to be nice, you're going to a movie, you're going on a date or traveling, I always have something to look forward to, whether it's big or small, because then each day that goes by, you'll just be always looking forward to something and, you know, that maybe life won't be that bad. You know, and a lot of us get into these situations where, you know, we think we have nothing going on, but everyone has something going on and just try to see the positive side. Because if, if I were just to look at the negative things and see what I couldn't do, you know, my life wouldn't be that great. But I try to dwell and I try to think about all the things I can do instead of what I can't do. And, uh, you know, we all have bad days. I have a bad day when I think about, you know, not being able to surf on the world tour or just getting this or getting that or going surfing when I want or doing something exactly at the moment I want or things done the way I want. You know, I think patience is something that everyone needs to learn more of and hopefully, uh, hopefully you can learn some more patience, man. Turn on a Guns N' Roses song, Patience. Um, but yeah, so if you guys want to, you know, uh, yeah. Um, you're saying, <clears throat> I'm sorry about your accident. Yeah, I got injured 15 years ago when I was 17. I'm 32 and started surfing three years after my accident, um, laying down on a surfboard. I propped myself up on my elbows and my friends pushed me into waves and I still surf eight to 10 foot waves around the world.
thank you. Um, yeah, there's like these toe-in foot straps that we put by the rails so that I can wedge my elbows in and instead of sliding off the board. And um, I've just propped myself with my elbows. And Al Merrick, he's uh, one of the best shapers in the world. He shapes for Kelly Slater and Rob Machado. He makes my surfboards, and we have the Jesse Bill Hour model, so other people with disabilities can buy that board. Um, and yeah, it's custom made. It's uh, it's beautiful. I love it, and I'm just really thankful that I could still get in the water because for me, that's what I love the most. Yeah, when I first got injured, um, it's pretty crazy. Let me tell you a little story. There's a couple of stories about that. Um, six months before my um, surfing accident, I was driving up to up to school and one morning, and I was just about to go through this intersection, and there was a car that was making a left-hand turn, but they didn't see me. So when they turned, they hit my driver's side door, and my car spun around, and it flipped over. I got ejected out of the driver's side window because I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I was going 50 miles an hour, and... I ended up landing on Pacific Coast Highway, and as I was laying there, you know, luckily no cars ran me over, but I was really nervous and really scared, and the ambulance picked me up, took me to the hospital, and when I went through the double doors, my dad was waiting there for me, and I just remember I looked up at him, and I told him that I'd rather be dead, you know, than be paralyzed, and the next day, I ended up walking out of the hospital with a torn ligament in my thumb, some cuts and bruises, a little whiplash, but Honestly, I just went back to school and continued what I was doing. And six months later, I broke my neck, you know. And about a month into my injury, I was doing a bunch of physical therapy. I was just really looking forward to going home, sleeping in my own bed, having food in my own house. And my physical therapist came into my room one day. And at that point, you know, I felt really strong and I was pushing myself in my wheelchair. And, you know, I, I thought I was getting better. So my physical therapist came in, and she um, she knew I was really into sports. So there was a new wheelchair that came out, and um, she's like, we'd love to take you to the park and play this new sport with you and five, about five or six other people, some of which have already been you know, out of the hospital for years. And they wanted me to play wheelchair rugby. I had a neck brace on, you know, so I was like, this is the most violent sport, man. Everyone's ramming each other in their wheelchairs. I didn't really know why they want me to play that. But I was 17 and I didn't know any better. And But I was like, at first I was like, no. And they were talking me into it. And like I said, you know, you're ramming each other in the wheelchairs. Neck's not fully healed. Doesn't sound right, but okay, let's go. <laughs> Went to the local park. Tried out this new wheelchair. Didn't really like it. Went back into my normal wheelchair. And in the back I have these wheelie bars, you know, that prevent me from flipping over. So we were playing and... I went to push, and my wheelchair ended up flipping over backwards. They didn't put the wheelie bars in right, and I hit my head on the concrete. My whole body went limp and numb and tingly. 100% exact same feeling as when I broke my neck surfing. So I was like, I think I did as much nerve damage as I did when I broke my neck. So I was really scared, really nervous. They took me to the emergency room took x-rays and they said nothing was wrong. A lot of people don't know, but you can break your neck, you can break your back and still be able to walk. But if you do damage to the spinal cord, that's when you get paralyzed. So 
these x-rays were about the, the bones, but not the, the nerves, you know? So they sent me back to my room. But the next day, I couldn't get out of bed. I had this really bad headache. And just couldn't get up. And so my dad suggested that I get a CAT scan of my, my brain. And what they found was a blood hemorrhage in my brain. And I had to get a filter put inside of my lungs so I wouldn't get a blood clot to my heart. And then I had to start therapy all over again. And um, I feel like that second injury, who knows what I would have got back, you know, from my physical therapy or what I would have got back if I didn't fall backwards in my wheelchair. But that's another thing that I don't really dwell on because I can't change it. But physical therapy, you know, um, just a lot of uh, stretching and upper body and just trying to get the muscles that I had stronger because I severed my spinal cord. And, you know, when you do that, a lot of the messages don't go through. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a wild experience. And I continue to do physical therapy. I was working really hard, and then um, my favorite therapist left, so I have to f find a new place right now. Um, it's not the easiest because um, whether it's really expensive or there's not a lot of facilities, those are the struggles that we have, you know, and um, that's what I'm dealing with, and so is everybody else. It's weird, you know, when, when, when you say quadriplegic, you know, a lot of people look at me and think I'm a paraplegic, cause, but I am a quadriplegic because all four limbs are affected. Like, I can't move my hands and stuff, and, you know, a lot of people might think if you can move your upper body, you're paraplegic, but if things are affected, then you're quadriplegic. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was in the hospital laying down, I had a lot of time to myself, and I knew that I was going to always get back out there. I was just like, I'm going to figure out a way. I didn't know what kind of surfboard. I didn't know the design or how I was going to do it. Um, I actually, what motivated me the most was I had a sponsor that I just like signed a contract, or yeah, pretty much signed a contract with this shaper. And when I was in the hospital, he brought some boards in and because they were made for me right before my injury. I just didn't have a chance to pick them up. And so he brought them into the hospital. And I think when I was at, when I got out of the hospital a month later, I don't know where those boards were, and that sponsor was gone. So I was like, man, that was messed up, right? And uh, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get back on a surfboard, and it's not gonna be on that guy's surfboard. It's gonna be on a new company. And that kind of drove me a little harder. But, you know, you know, as a surfer, the ocean is like the greatest place in the world. So I had to figure it out. And me and Rob Machado, um, one of the top surfers in the world, came up with an idea. He talked to his sponsor, which was Al Merrick at the time, and just came up with this board. And then I came up with the idea of the, the foot strap by the rail because no one else was surfing like this before me. So I didn't know what to 
expect her. And then that foot strap was the most important thing on the whole board. And I don't even know how I came up with that, but I did. And that was the greatest thing. And um, the first day I went out was like one foot and beautiful day and lots of emotions. And I think I was tired for a week after that just because everything was just so intense. But um, yeah, so, but it took me three years just because I had to figure out the right surfboards. I had to do a fuzzy physical therapy and um and then it was just the right time you know i just wanted to heal and get my mind straight wait in the back yeah um yeah you know uh I'm the national director of outreach for Life Rolls On and the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. And my full-time job is motivational speaking. I've been doing that for 10 years and traveled around the country. And that's how I make a living. You know, I was on SSI and stuff, but after a certain amount of money, um, they clip you like a bad habit. So I had to make more money and figure out that. So now I live, um, pay my own, you know, have my own place. I have a caregiver that lives with me. Um, he's here. And so um, that's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week thing. But still feel like I have, you know, my independence. And when I drive, I don't need anyone to help me. So, you know, he's there just in case, but I don't need him all the time. But just uh, it's great, you know, to be able to live and pay your own way for everything and have that, that feeling like I'm as able as I could be. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, and I get to travel and, I still surf, fish, go to a lot of concerts, and I just, you know, I love what I do. I've been through some some caregivers, and uh, one of them, I had to be on the um, ten o'clock news. Man, he uh, stole from me. Actually, when I was, he stole fifteen thousand dollars from me. And he's still missing, but I think he went back to his country and pretty crazy, you know, and I was in the shower. He'd steal my checks and write them. Luckily, the bank gave me back my money, but yeah, it's hard to, to trust, you know, people. And luckily, um, I have a really good caregiver. He was a 100% stranger, but now he's not. And his name's Raul. He's up here from the Philippines, man. Good guy. So for me, if you want to, if you want to look up to a good person, that's a, guy, a good guy because... Without him, I wouldn't be able to do things that I do. So, round of applause for Raul. Um, but yeah, I've had, you know, for my Life Rolls On Foundation, I was in college and I had another caregiver selling the Life Rolls On clothes when I was in class. And then my cl someone in class was like, hey man, I just got this for five bucks down the street. I was like, what? Yeah crazy stuff you know so you know luckily my mind's all there i'm like a i'm a pi man <laughs> i'm definitely a private investigator i know a lot of people so you know it's about to come back to me somehow i don't understand how people think they're gonna get away with it forever but the kid's lucky the other guy who stole the fifteen thousand bucks i've been watching a lot of jujitsu so he's lucky he wasn't with me now put him in a chokehold to sleep or he might be a part of the west side wheelchair crew Something to learn. I don't know. There's bad people out there.
Yeah, before my injury, um, sorry, not before my injury, when I was in the hospital, my mom knew one of his PR people and Christopher Reeve called me when I was in the hospital and I didn't even have any friends named Chris. So when they said, oh, there's a guy named Chris on the phone, I was like, I don't even know who this is and answered the phone and he started talking and I was like, well, who's this? Um, and I was like, oh man, this is Superman. Uh, this is crazy, right? And so he just got injured, you know, a little before me and so we started talking and then then I went to some of his foundation events and then we started talking more. And he's in my movie actually, like an interview that we had together. But um, after time, like when Life Rolls On started to get a lot bigger and we were doing all of our events, the Reef Foundation started to take notice and they were like, oh, what you guys are doing amazing. Because what we used to do is raise a lot of money and then part of the money would go to the Reef Foundation for research. So they were like, oh, you know, we love what you do. And when Christopher and Dana died, they wanted to have a face to spinal cord injuries and they wanted to work together as we want, they wanted us to be one of their programs and, and a youthful action, kind of action sports orientated thing. And so we merged last year and now we're a subsidiary of the Christopher and Dana Reef Foundation. And so I'm the national director of outreach for that and the life rolls on. And now we work together on all of everything that we do. We still, Life Rolls On is still its own thing and we still do our own events and we have our own big gala and they have their own big gala. We have ours on the West Coast and they have ours on the East Coast. But, um, you know, the thing is, is just we're both going towards raising awareness and raising funds and trying to help people and that's why we merge together. Yeah, so for me personally, the way I make money is traveling around doing motivational speaking. Um, and then I have a clothing line that Hurley um, made for me and sell clothes. But basically, I, I travel as much as I can for speaking, um, hopefully talking a lot more thanks to Bob. Shout out to Bob. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm just... I just tell my story from the heart, you know, and I explain my situation and my life and what I've learned. And, you know, a lot of kids and a lot of people relate to that in regards of like just knowing that I'm speaking from the heart. I'm not speaking at anybody. I'm just telling my story and trying to inspire people. And and um, so that's what I do. I make a living from motivational speaking and sponsors. I have sponsors that sponsor me to represent their companies. I'm sponsored by Hurley. So, you know, I get paid and and it's good, you know, to be able to make a living and be in a wheelchair and still enjoy my life and still do the things that I love and but I work really hard and <laughs> long drives, long flights and and uh when I tell people my schedules and stuff, they're just like mind blown. Like how can you do it? But I don't know, I just I got a lot of energy and sleep when I die. Right there, second row.
<laughs> yeah, well, when I first started surfing, I, um, I wasn't wearing a life jacket for the first three or four years after my injury. And one day I was surfing in Australia and I got pounded and I was trying to find the surface and eventually I did. And from that moment on, I was like, I think it might be a good idea to wear a life jacket. <laughs> I just thought I was too cool for it. But, um, when I almost drowned, I was like, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. So talked to Hurley and they made me a custom life jacket that I Velcroed on my wetsuit. And now I surf 10 foot waves and pop up like a buoy. I could still swim and I tear myself over and I get pounded by 10 feet of white water and I'm laughing because I know I'm gonna, I won't drown. You know, a lot of people are scared around me, but I'm smiling. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a girl. Yeah, I just talked to her. Um, yeah, they were doing some study and um, about diving, and I just saw her recently at a in Orlando at this uh, at the VA con this VA convention. Um, yeah, I mean whatever it takes. I mean if you got to get feeling a hundred feet below the surface, then figure it out. I haven't gone um, scuba diving yet, but she wants to take me. Um, and you know I believe that everyone deserves to have their health and independence and freedom and you know for all the I mean I'm not crazy political or even uh religious but I feel like every religion should never or no nothing should get in the way for the research or things for to help people out you know I mean it's just everybody deserves their health <laughs> bottom line you know Yeah, um, like with regards to that answer, I'm just a surfer. <laughs> but I know a little bit, you know, and I meet a lot of scientists and doctors and through the Reef Foundation, I let, you know, I, I raise a lot of awareness and, and, and I try to talk to the doctors and give them a face to what they're doing research for. A lot of times the doctors don't even meet people in wheelchairs. They don't meet someone who's struggling. They can't see like, oh, he can't even move his hand or that would... I mean, doctors just think, some people just think cure is just walking, you know, but for me or millions of other people, if it's just to get your movement of your hand back, that could change your life, to be able to feel, to be able to do these little things. It doesn't have to just be walking. I mean, if they said, would you rather walk or be able to feel and and have all the movement? I'd rather be able to feel and have all that movement than just to walk. Um, and so... There is a lot of research going on. There is a lot of breakthroughs, but they're not breakthroughs that are really helping humans right now, like where you really see results. 
So I'm not waiting. I'm enjoying my life. If all the research and all the awareness that we're doing and all, that's great if I could take advantage of it. But if it's for the next generation, then I did what I could, you know, and and that's all I could really ask for. So I have my own opinions on on um, the medical industry and I feel like there's probably a lot of cures out there, but I think they're afraid to lose a lot of money. So I really do think that there is more stuff out there, but they're not telling us. A um, couple more? Drive to the coast. <laughs> but you can start practicing paddling on a swimming pool. Get a surfboard and paddle in a swimming pool. People are like, no, I'm just training. <laughs> they'll look at you weird and they'll get out of your way and you'll have more space. But they might be like, I'm not sure about you. They might want to stay away. But you should go to the beach sometime and, and try it. I think surfing is a beautiful sport. And I've been out there with the craziest looking gang members that are like loving it, you know? You could talk to them, they're laughing, oh my God, it's great. And then when they get down the beach, you're like, wanna walk the opposite way. But in the water, they're like the coolest guys ever. I don't know. I think they get humbled out there because some whitewater beat them up. They're like, I don't know how, what to do. But I've seen it and the ocean man just humbles you and I don't know, just does something to your psyche. I don't know. Back there. My favorite surf spot, um, just north of Santa Barbara is a place called the Hollister Ranch. It's a private location that you need to know someone that lives there. And to me, I've traveled around the world and that's like the most beautiful place. And, and Malibu is a really, really good wave. And yeah, I don't know, just anywhere that I'm getting really long waves and no one's dropping in on me, that's where I'm at. When I'm having fun, that's my favorite wave. One more, right there, yeah. Yeah, like when we take people with disability surfing and say there's 50 of them, 40 of them never surfed before their injury. And they'll talk about that for a year until they get to do that again. And that's amazing, you know, like they're just loving it. It's so, it's amazing. And they even forget that they're paralyzed or disabled. And there's so many people cheering them on. And it's just great. Like when I go to these events, I just, I just watch and I let people use my surfboard and they ask me questions and I just get inspired by them, you know? Like I'm just really happy that I could give them this opportunity because I know what it does to me. And then when they're in the water, it doesn't just help them with their wheelchair situation. It helps them with their confidence, helps them with like knowing that they're able to do things and people are looking up to them and they're inspiring like hundreds of people that they would have never met that are able-bodied work, you know, walking, and that that makes them feel like like they're back in society, you know? And that's what's cool. But um, I brought movies here today. I usually sell them at a discount on my speeches, so you can either get them here or you can go on my website, or if you ever want to volunteer for Life Rolls On, you can go to liferollson.org. 
Um, I'll be around. I'll be up here if you guys want to come talk to me, ask me anything else. And But thanks to the library for having me. Thanks to Bob for helping set it up. This is Raul, everybody. Say hi.